Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? It is a Friday. We are back, and Grifka's here, and he's got a little something for you on a Friday. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, it's Friday? Hey, remember, man, Sunday, Mother's Day, call your mom. (laughs) And? Tell your mom you love her. And? (laughs) TGIF? Thank you, buddy. Um, Yeah, man, definitely uh, take care of the moms, you know, Everybody uh, has a special mom in their life, and they do so much for us. So definitely, uh, you know, do something nice. Usually a, a nice letter, a card, flowers are, are always nice. Take them out to dinner, lunch, whatever it may be. I'm sure all the lions are uh, taking care of their moms here uh, as well as Mother's Day creeps up. So, Grifka, I'll pitch it back to you, man. Uh, what do you got, news and notes, or what the heck's going on with our football team here as we uh, lead into a Friday? Oh, you know me. I, I do the digging. I find the stuff that irritates the crap out of me so I can bring it to my Friday show. Lions 24-7? Oh, yeah, definitely. No, this one, this one came straight from Bleach Report. This has become my second oh, favorite one. Oh, uh, hold on a second. I have to go dig out my soapbox while I, while I go stand on it. <laughs> so I'm reading an article. Stumble across it. Once again, clickbait. Bleach Report. One of, them again, one of the writers on there said, the Lions blew the off season. <laughs> okay. And I read this. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, oh, okay. First, I got to read this because once again, it's, I mean, it's like, come on, you know, once again, no love. I mean, I'm reading this and I'm just like, you guys got to be kidding me. You know, they filled holes in the, you know, that they needed, you know, they signed, you know, probably one of the best defenders out there in free agency, you know, draft wise, they filled some, filled some roles and I'm just like shaking my head over this. So once again, lines get no love. It's crap. It just irks, it irks me, man. <laughs> what do you think about this? <laughs> Oh, man. I, I don't know if it's going to be a rerun of our last show, but, uh, again, makes me laugh. Uh, super funny. Uh, you know, I think I did catch wind of these as well, and I really just shook my head because, I mean, if any of the off seasons the last handful of years have been pretty dynamite for the Lions, it's been this one in regards to not only who we got, what we spent, you know, how productive we were, proactive right off the get-go of free agency, you know, uh, you know, the draft, again, was some names that people may not uh, – Mel Kuyper might not have had him at the top of his big board and this, that, and the other. But, um, you know, I feel like they plugged a lot of holes. This was a draft. If you go back and look at it, you know, they, they filled needs. They took players that fit their scheme. They took players that they obviously have a plan for. So, I mean, I can't disagree enough. I mean, not only did they not blow the off season, like there should be a lot more talk than there is about – look out for the Lions, young, hungry team that's ready to, 
you know, do some damage. I mean, the, the biggest thing that worries me is not only their schedule, but, you know, just being able to uh, be consistent, productive offensively. But, hey, man, I think they're going to see a whole new football team this year. So this blew the off season should be reserved for those scrub teams that are out there that would be lucky to win, you know, three, five games. I mean, I don't see the Lions in that bucket, you know, whatsoever. Yeah, I just, once again, I just had to bring it up, get it off my chest. You know how it is when everybody seems to throw shade on the Lions, you know, it just, you know, leads me to believe, once again, you know, I'm sure like the same writer believes the Packers had a great offseason and the Patriots and the Steelers and the Cowboys. So, you know, I didn't find those articles. I, I read that and I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. You know, we'll be laughing in December. <laughs> oh, man. I think I think the Grifka whatevers is going to become a huge part of the show. I mean, the the uh, the Grifka, when you're just fed up with somebody, you just drop a whatever on them. It, it's like a – it needs to be, like, bleeped out. It's so good. You know, the Grifka whatever is like a straight-up four-letter bomb on people. I love it. <laughs> it, would, it would be so funny. It would make it sound like I'm just cursing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just at the end, you just hear Grifka finish his take, and then there's a pause, and then you hear a beat, but it's really just him going, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we have to put Grifka on seven-second delay. For this, so I'm sorry about that. Yeah, we do, you'd be read the riot act. You'd just be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit on the show, no doubt. Yes. Um, next thing I want to touch base on, I mean, being Friday morning. And uh, I know earlier this week uh, the Lions did, you know, sign their first-round pick, and they signed their second-round pick, and they got our boy A.O. signed. Um, And I know it doesn't happen very much at all nowadays (laughs) with the rookie uh, salary cap, the way it's structured. But uh, do you think any of these other Lions rookies may hold out? I mean, even for a little better signing bonus. I'm not talking for millions and millions of dollars, but I know now – more has to do with the way contracts are, you know, guaranteed money. Do you see maybe, you know, any anybody uh, in the Lions draft maybe holding out? So, Grifka, last week the gimmick on the show was me asking you, is that a real question to every question that you asked me because they were all absurd. Grifka, did you save this question from, like, I don't know, the early 2000s or, I mean – did you write this down back in the Sioux, Stafford, Bradford, uh, to the Rams type days? Because uh, I don't know if you checked, but in the last, I don't know, five, seven years, like nobody really holds out in the NFL. They're all structured. These guys sign basically before they ever hit the field. Uh, so, I mean, I can answer it for you with one of your favorite takes, which is, uh, nope. <laughs> Because there's not going to be any holdouts. The the I don't know. The I think the NFL players kind of got bamboozled with this whole rookie contract wage scale. I mean, not only is it super low compared to all the other sports for a lot of these young second, third round rookies, but I mean, they have no choice. They basically just sign it and they're locked in for four or five years with no. And if they become studs, they get the franchise tag, which they complain about. Um, but that pays them decent money. But for four or five years, if you're taking in the third or fourth round, go ask Dak Prescott. You make, like, the worst money on your team. So they they have no choice. They won't hold out. But, man, I feel bad for some of these guys sometimes because you're in your third year, a stud that got taken in the third round, you're making 700 k Like, that just seems crazy to me in a, in a brutal sport like football. Yeah, uh 
like I said, it, it doesn't happen, you know, nowadays just with the way the structure. So I believe everybody else is going to fall in line. So everybody will be in before uh, training camp. So no worries there. Everybody will be in by today, Grifka, which is like the rookie camp. Like, uh, you know. Okay. I mean, everybody will be at practice. He just might not be under contract. So. Did, did you almost hit me with a Grifka whatever there? No, I said, eh. You know, I gave you a little, eh. <laughs> Okay. Like I almost threw my side out there. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, one more thing. You know, I know last show you were talking about having the garb, the jerseys, the shirts, and I just got to know if you've seen it. Have you seen the Detroit Lions snacks T-shirt? I have not seen the snacks T-shirt. What is this? Oh, it's it. I saw it, and I'm just like, oh, I gotta talk about this. <laughs> and uh, it's just T-shirt. And it's just a picture, and it's, it looks like a, like a Snickers candy bar across the chest, and it's and it's the the wrappers like Honolulu blue and silver, and it just says snacks across it instead of like <laughs> Snickers. Oh my gosh! So I'm just like, oh man, I gotta ask Derek, you gonna get one of these if you've even seen it? But it looks cool, man. Uh, it's it's got to be something. Got to find where to get. It. I just saw a picture of it. I don't know if it was just made up. You know, somebody's like going to make it in their basement and try to sell it outside Ford Field. You know, like when, you know, all those people, you know, not official you know, NFL <laughs> gear, you know, one of those T-shirts, you know, after you wash it one time, it doesn't say snacks anymore. It says like knack, <laughs> something like that. So uh-huh. if they make those things, I got to get one. It just looks cool. Yeah, man, I'll have to check it out. Uh, you know, maybe for all your amazing contributions, the Kool-Aid cast will have to be uh you know, uh, a gift I get you or something for, for putting up with when I when I get after you every week on the show, even though it's well-deserved when I uh, crack on you. But um, I have not seen the shirt, Grifka. I am a fan of the merch. I, I have way too many shirts, jerseys, hats, whatever it may be, lines that I can even wear. I know you have, like, the same T-shirt from 1982 that you'll wear and your same Barry jersey that you've had since 1984, whatever it is. Um, so you... Don't have Very any jersey. Of the merch. 1984 was that like his PV football stuff? Yeah, I don't know. You got that Oklahoma throwback or something. That's about it. And and one uh, Puma Lions jersey or whatever that is that you got. <laughs> Russell Athletic, thank you. <laughs> but Grifka, here this is like this is when I got to go on a rant. So you brought up the people outside of Ford Field that that sell the knockoff shirts, and I, I love that you brought up that after one wash they uh, are ruined because I had always wanted the Detroit versus everybody shirt. And we were coming out, it was me and my buddy Jay Will. He doesn't do anything fun, kind of like yourself, but I got him to go to a Lions game. And uh, we're coming out, and the guy was had the Detroit Airports there. I'm like, oh, man, got to get one of those. And Jay Will was like, oh, man, I appreciate you, like, you know, whatever. I got the parking, the food, whatever it was that day, and we had a blast. And he was like, let me, get, let me snag a couple of these shirts. So he grabbed a couple from the vendor. Like, literally the first wash, like, the, all the lettering basically just ruined. You know, I can't even – it looks grimy, so I still wear it, you know, to – run or lift or whatever but it's just ruined but here's my beef with those people you've been there with me when we come out and they and they got the shirts with the double triple f bombs and they're just yelling it out and there's these kids and people everywhere like i don't know like t-shirt vendor man like you know we don't got to be pg everywhere but I don't know that you got to be dropping a triple F bomb about the Packers or whatever it is on a t-shirt, like a foot away from Ford field while we're exiting the game. I mean, are you with me on this Griffin? Yeah. I always thought that was, uh, 
I don't want to say like classless for the lack of a better term, but I know yeah. some people are like, yeah, awesome, man. You Because know, it always seems like there's a horde of people around him, too. I just don't know if it's right. his buddies like, trying to make it look like these, <laughs> this stuff's popular. Right. You know, like, oh, got to get one of those. Look at all these people. They want one. But it's one of those things like, come on, man, really? I mean, don't be that guy having to, you know, pick up a T-shirt, like you said, it says, you know, it'll be like an F and then like an asterisk and <laughs> like then a C. It's like, yeah, we all know what it says. You know, so they're just like standing there and shouting it. And I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll I will once in a while curse in front of my kids. But, you know, walking out when, you know, just as soon as you hit the doorway, that's all you hear, you know, for a half mile. Some guy on a loudspeaker just, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, OK, yeah, we got the T-shirt, you know, with the peeing on the helmet thing. Okay, exactly. Like, even like. Not only are they yelling it, like you said, with the megaphone, and, and, and I got a beef with that. Like, the shirts don't look good, secondly. Thirdly, like, they do get the huddle. Like, I don't know who's buying these for 15 bucks a pop. And where are you wearing this at? Where are you wearing this around in public where people are like, oh, awesome shirt, buddy? It's just like, <laughs> you know? I mean, if you're not wearing that just at home and think it's funny, I mean, I, I don't know that it's acceptable in society to wear these dumb shirts these people yeah. sell, so... Yeah, you're not gonna wear that at casual Friday at work, okay? <laughs> hey, bro, nice T-shirt. Where'd you get it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to go talk to HR right now. <laughs> exactly, man. That's a write-up, no doubt. So anyway, I just want to go on a side beef about those guys, but I will have to look up the snacks tea, and uh, I can guarantee we'll never be buying shirts uh, walking out of Ford Field ever. Yeah. Um, one more thing, just want to bring it up. This will be the last time. I just want to give my heartfelt goodbye to Ziggy. You officially signed with Seattle. You know, it would be nice to see you standing on the sideline at CenturyLink Field for at least the first month of the season because you're not going to play then. So, uh, you know, your your uh, shadow on the sideline will be missed. Your uh, your half tackling almost sack every game. I, I I will I will definitely miss that. You know, so goodbye, Ziggy. I don't know if uh, you know. I'll wait to see your statue outside Four Field. Well, Grifka, I'm glad you brought this up because, one, I didn't think you would or knew that you would, but now that you have, uh, I'd like to say my uh, farewells as well. And uh, I'd like to say that, uh, Ziggy, uh, I wish you all the best in Seattle. I apologize for Grifka's continual hate of you for really no reason. I know that you were snake-bitten with injuries. I mean, hey, you play in the NFL, those kind of things happen. When you were out on the field, you were a 6 Five six six beast, two hundred eighty pounder coming off the edge, probably averaged over probably a sack a game if you do the numbers across his career when he was out there. I mean, could be a beast. Will probably be just like Cliff Averill, who was pretty decent with the Lions, went out to Seattle, and obviously they know how to use pass rushers. He seemed to be pretty healthy out there for probably five plus years, and like really wreaked havoc. So I see the same happening, and. I'm disappointed because I thought by this point we're going to maybe be able to bring him back at a good deal, which would have made me happy with the football team. And so I could have brought it up on every Detroit Kool-Aid cast and asked Grifka about um, how much Ziggy was going to dominate. And then he could compare you to an old Maserati or whatever he did uh, before where he talked about uh, fun to look at you in the garage, but, you know, can never take it out on a spin, whatever that analogy was. But, uh, hey, man, I thought he, he never did anything outside of the box here in regards he was just a, a come to work guy he, he didn't show up enough on the field there's no question but when he was out there uh, he pretty much did what he needed and like I say he's moving on so Ziggy wish you the best in your career you know I always stuck up for you even though Grifka can't see the light so 
Okay, well, that's enough Ziggy talk. All right. Until the Lions play Seattle again and he's hurt, then we can bring him up again. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, let's move on here. Uh, there's a couple things I saw this week I want to touch base with you on. Um, was it uh, Rod Wood? He did an interview this uh, this week, and it was brought up uh, Martha Ford has a lot less tolerance for mediocrity than her husband did. Now, instantaneously, when that's brought up, all the talking heads are just like, oh, my gosh, if they don't make this playoffs this year, that means that means Matt Pat's gone. You know, or that means they're going to make some changes. And I, I start thinking to myself, it's just like, well, first of all, it's nice that uh, she uh, is a little less patient for it than, you know, continue to give people extensions after, you know, mediocre years. But something like this, would you believe, you know, you know, less tolerance for mediocrity, not as patient? Do you think this might lead to quicker turnover with coaches, GMs? You know, she wants to see more of like an instant instant rebuild as opposed to letting a team, you know, take a few years, you know, to become more dominant. Oh my gosh, Griff, where do I start with this one? I mean, Martha Ford is like 90 some years old. Martha Ford wears sunglasses indoors all the time, 24-7. Like, (laughs) Martha Ford, I can't imagine, knows much, if anything, at the end of the day about the game of football. Even though you hear she's tough, she's super bright, she's really involved, like, come on, man. I mean, I love my Lions. I love that the Fords have always, you know, for the most part, you know, not been a a cheap organization. They haven't been a good organization when it comes to wins, Super Bowls. But when I read an article like this, man, I I sort of just blow it off because I look at the whole landscape of the NFL and I look at all these great owners, these great GMs, these great – you know, overall organizations that are competing at the highest level and that are cutthroat and that are, you know, just seem like dynamic organizations. And I don't put us there when it comes to ownership. You know what I mean? I feel like, yeah, Martha Ford probably wants to win. Yeah. She might've got more frustrated at times than her, you know, late husband rest in peace, but I don't see a dynamic owner there in a 90 plus year old lady with sunglasses. I see a person that, you know, let the football people do what they do, cut the checks, and no, I, I don't see some short leash that, oh, if, if, it, if we win six games, Martha's just going to clean house. I mean, no, I, I don't buy that. This is the same lady where you have the sound clip, oh, I love Jim Caldwell, you know, so what does that tell you? And then you've got, uh, you know, just a lot of her comments, she's just, too, you know, like, I like sort of some of the things about her, like, hey, you're to yourself, you don't talk much, you're in the background, and you support she seems to be supportive of what this new regime is doing and yeah i think it was good when she came in and cleaned out martin mayhew and tom lawan but what other person deaf blind or otherwise couldn't do that i mean these guys have been losing for 12 10 plus years i mean it wasn't that hard to finally say enough's enough right so that's my quick take slash rant on martha ford like just let bill just let bobby quinn and matt pat do what they do Support them, sign the checks, stay out of the way, and let this football team get over the hump. And then when they do, you can step to a podium or whatever you want to do at some point and when they're good and take some of the glory from that. But 
Otherwise, I don't want to hear it. I don't see a cutthroat great owner, but I see a supportive billionaire lady that I hope can uh, keep these guys around for as long as they need to build what they're building. And I hope it happens in the next year or two. But if it doesn't, you know, I don't want to quick trigger i want to stay with the process and see this out and hope that hope and think and know that it's going to work so okay um, well just a quick follow-up question you said you don't see her as like a great owner is is there one out there that you really like it's just like when you look back you're like gosh i, I wish this this person maybe owned the lions i know everybody's like oh sell the lions but you, give me one name that out there any any NFL team that you believe has, has great ownership that you really believe the Lions would like, you'd like the Lions to model themselves after? Oh, man. Um, you know, I don't have a, a list of owners at the tip of my tongue, but if you're talking organizations, like, I don't know. I mean, they're probably some of the obvious names. Like, I mean, we'd obviously start in New England with what they've done. Again, they have a, a kooky kind of old owner, but he's – He's cut checks, he's supported them, and he's built something special there. But if you want me to go to other ones that I like without naming the exact owner, it's I love I love Seattle sort of. They they have a a billionaire high end owner, but you don't see him, you know, in the papers. But he hires really good football people that let them do what they do, and they always seem to reload and kind of do it their way. You know, same with Pittsburgh. You know, those guys. Mr. Rooney is always like this quiet, you know, old man in the background, but he not only drops the hammer when he needs to, he also has been really supportive. I mean, how long has Mike Tomlin been there? He could have been fired three times over now if you listen to sports radio at different times, but no, they hang in there with him, and every couple years, the Steelers sort of re-get it together and make a deep playoff run. So, I mean, those are just the the main couple that come to mind, and there's some up-and-comers. I mean, you know, you may sort of crack on, which we have many a times about the Cleveland Browns, but you get a guy like Dorsey in there as the GM and, you know, their ownership letting him do what he's doing now. I mean, the guy's making waves and they have a studded roster. So I I think that, you know, other than the name of the owner, you need to just let your, you have to, you have to have great football people. And I still think the Lions have a little too much corporate, you know, they feel very corporate at times rather than some of these other organizations which seem to bleed, you know, ooze football. You know, I don't I don't think like Microsoft when I watch Seattle, you know, I feel like, man, that's a football city, a football grimy, good team. You know, same with Pittsburgh. You just sort of think, man, that's how football, that's how a stadium should look, you know, what they have and the type of players that they bring in for the most part. So anyway, again, um, you know, I just think there's great organizations out there, and the NFL is so competitive. Like, we just take it for granted. Oh, win 10, 11 games. Like, there's 31 other teams out there that are all trying to put together the best GMs, the best players, the best rookies, uh, you know, get the best quarterback. And uh, it's not easy, man. These guys compete at the highest levels. So I think that we need that, and we just need to have a plan, which I think we've had the last few years, and we need the ownership to support that plan. And like I said, I think this is a different plan than we've ever seen as Lions fans. Yeah. And I would just have to, I know you don't, you know, want me to do this and you like when I disagree, but when you brought up the Rooney name, that's the one I would really like it to model after. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. It's one of those things like they know when to drop the hammer. They know when to cut bait. 
and they they realize they have something good there. I just I hope this is what Martha Ford wants. I don't think Ro- I don't think the Rooneys settle for mediocrity either. Yeah, they don't like missing the playoffs, but they're going to do what it takes to get back there. I hope that's what Rodwood meant with this the statement that they're going to do. I mean, yeah, you got your team in place. These are the people you chose. Let them do their business. Right. Let them see. You know, if it's like one of those things like. If it takes a few years, okay, we got it. Lions fans would be happy for an extended string of, of winning seasons as opposed to like, oh, we brought somebody in. We're 10-6. and six, We made the playoffs, and the next year you fall back to like 5-11. and 11. So I like that Rooney. The Rooney name when you brought him up, I just like totally, you know, on point with that. So totally agree with you. Um, my next question for you, um, you know, Diggs, he was doing an interview this week. And uh, he said he was ready to be the leader in the defensive backfield. Uh, my question to you is, I mean, Diggs has been around for a few years now. And um, do you believe the defensive backs that are on this team, you know, would be willing to have Diggs as their leader? And maybe even guys on the defense, you know, look towards him, you know, let him be the leader? And also, do you think he could be a good leader? Griffka, this brings me back to an episode, hmm, I don't know, probably uh... – less than a year ago, probably six, eight months ago that we had, where we talked about dogs. Remember that, Grifka? Remember when yep. we were talking about the dogs on the Detroit Lions? Where were they? Who were they? Remember that? Yep. You remember me, maybe, I, I believe, if we rewind the tape, which I know you love it when I say that, and you always say for me to go do it, but you know neither of us probably will. I want to say that I brought up Quandre Diggs as a dog on this team. Do you, do you agree or disagree with that statement? Yep, that was one of those statements where you said you believe that he could be a dog on the team. And, and I was you're right. You, you did say you you believed he could be. And I believe your take was more oh, how how is he a dog? What has he done? You liked Quandre, but I don't know you were willing to put him in that category or willing to think of him as such. You were just thinking like this is this is Oakree just leaping in bounds of, you know, carry on's a dog, you know, Diggs is a dog. What have they done, right? So back to your question, like I think this is Quandre Diggs, a guy that's pretty much no nonsense, a pretty much a guy that, you know, he doesn't say much, he doesn't want to talk to the media much, but he's grown every year he's been here. You know, GQ took him under the wing, but when they put GQ out to pasture, like Quandre is thinking, all right, I'm ready. The Lions paid him, which you know that makes him and. Guys like him feel good of like, okay, they took care of me. Now I'm about to take the reins here. So I just saw an interview recently with Quandre, and I felt like he was dialed in, man. I felt like this was a guy that for a year or two there, he was kind of slowly creeping up. I feel like last year we saw a pretty big leap. I mean, was it was it just me or was every Sunday Quandre was doing something that jumped off the screen, whether it be a hit, a type of play he made, or just being out there a lot more and roaming the way he was. So – I think this is a great later pick. I want to say a fifth or sixth rounder that's really panning out for us and a guy that, yeah, I think he's ready to not only lead that back end, but I think he's going to be in the mix as a top, you know, three type defender in regards to leadership for this team. I think that they're going to look to a guy like him. He's going to lead them on Sundays. And this guy doesn't mess around on the football field, man. He's ready to, he's ready to, you know, do whatever he's got to do out there. Um, to help this team win. So absolutely love Quandre Diggs and uh, really think he's coming into his own as a football player and a man and everything else. So love it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that he did last year to kind of cement his status, I know a lot of guys do this, but still defensive back, broken bone, 
in the arm, and he goes out there with a the cast and plays. And he was out there the whole time, you know. So I think that says a lot about him. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I believe that he can uh, lead this defense, you know, be one of the leaders on that defense as well. Uh, last question here for you. It was announced uh, earlier this week that, uh, once again, the Lions will be holding the joint practice, and it's uh, with the Texans this year. Um, I know last year what you went to the one with the Giants, and uh, you said you got to watch them for like a total of five minutes before they walked off the field. Um, with this, is this something that would interest you as well? The Texans, I know the Texans, you know, they don't have, uh, you know, they had Watt and Clowney on defense, but is this something you would be interested in going to see? This is, uh, I love it when you do your, your homework, Grifka, and you do your, you pitch these questions to me like a, a news anchor the way you do, but it, am I wrong or aren't, aren't those practices in Houston? I want to say that they're going to visit Houston for preseason, so they're not going to be here. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Okay, would you still be interested in going down to Houston and watching the Lions back? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let's take a road trip, buddy. I've been saying that all for Houston's years. Houston's a nice city. I've been there before. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I don't know that we should road trip for a uh, practice. I mean, you know how riveting those can be when we stand out in the 80-degree heat at Allen Park and see nothing and then sit there and go, oh, like, uh, what did we come here for again? Um, <clears throat> but... Um, I, I think the joint practices are great, man, when it comes to getting your t- football team better, practicing against other people, as well as um, amping up that competition level and that intensity. So I love it that they're continuing to do it. I think Houston's a good team to do it against. They've got some dynamic football players on both sides of the ball. It should be a good test. And they're also a team where, you know, when we went into Oakland, not only was it that West Coast and, and whatever, but I felt like, eh, you know, I don't like that matchup just because Gruden's kind of quirky and, you know, never know what you're going to get, even though they said, you know, it was going to work out well. But Houston's a team where they're pretty controlled, you know, with uh, coach or ownership, you know, all that type of stuff. So I feel like you can go in there and get some good practice work done and not have to worry about any type of garbage going on and, you know, dealing with Deshaun Watson for, you know, a week or a couple days, whatever it is, is going to be a good test. And like I say, they got some defenders as well and some speed burners on the outside that can stretch our corners out a little bit. So I love it. And I think it'll be a good uh, bunch of practices as well as kind of a fun preseason game. I forget where that one falls. If that's the second game, I want to say, or the fourth, maybe something like that. But uh, it should be a fun one sort of to watch. Uh, Again, I like Houston Stadium too. It's indoor, but I kind of like uh, just the way it's set up and, and should be good. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing that may come out of this practice, and I know in practices you're not supposed, to, you're not hitting the quarterbacks, but still, I think their quarterback Watson is similar to Kyler Murray. They kind of have the same skill set. Uh, they can uh, scramble, you know, quick with their feet. That I'm, you know, still in those practices we've seen it. The quarterback will still move even though they know they're not getting touched and they'll scramble a little bit, step up in the pocket, you know, do their little jukes. So I think even seeing something like that could help the defense just, just from the start. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, we got to talk about that on another show, Griff, cause like this whole opening up against the Cardinals and after the draft with all the crazy receivers they took and their, their new quarterback, this new offense that nobody's seen. And that's all we hear about every morning on good morning football is, well, what are the Cardinals? They're going to be dynamic. They got Kyler Murray. Like we got to talk a lot about that game during this off season and leading up to it. Cause 
I'm intrigued. I'm a little bit worried in some aspects, and I also think it'd be great to just go in and beat the tar out of that team. So um, hopefully we go in there and out-physical them pretty hard. But that's a topic for another day. But I'm really intrigued by that opener this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I got. Uh, I thought you said you might have one more surprise at the end of the show. Uh, What you got there? Grifka, I've got a surprise. I got a little something for the people. So um, before I get to it, let me start off with this. So recently on the show, every once in a while, you know, we've been, we always like to tell people at the end of the show, like, thank you so much for supporting. And, you know, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, we'd appreciate it. Or, hey, you know, we're looking for people that might want to just help us out. You know, we're trying to maybe develop a new website or we've got some of these other cool ideas for the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast moving forward. You know how I do that, all that stuff, kind of pump it up and then also thank the people for all their great support. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's not going to change. We're always going to do that. And I wanted to do a little bit of that today as well as a little something else. So I want to start off by saying, like, we appreciate everybody um, leaving us a review on iTunes. Me and Griffith have kind of been floored with, uh, you know, not being big social media guys, kind of trying just to get a little bit of footing on Twitter. You know, we love it when people are shouting us out or kind of saying, you know, hey, check out this podcast, good stuff, or, you know, sending us direct messages, kind of like, oh, man, it's cool, like, interacting and seeing everybody out there. So, again, we've we've seen a few reviews. We'd love more of you to jump on iTunes or or go to your favorite podcast app and give us a a great uh, review. We really appreciate that helps us out a ton to get viewed all that type of stuff and and like i say we just can't thank you enough for it we know it's a little bit out of the way but we just say thank you with all that being said grifka we got a lot of good reviews and we got one review that wasn't so good i thought we'd uh we talk about it here on the show Okay. What do you think? I mean, don't get me wrong. I can I can take constructive criticism if somebody gave us the review and said, "Hey, I think you guys need to work on this. You're at this rating." I'm all for constructive criticism. Oh, so what did this what does review say? Absolutely. I mean, we we want to know what people like on the show, what they don't like. We want to play to the people. We are the people show. We are the Detroit Lions fans podcast. But this review, Griffka, let me read it verbatim for you. Uh, hold on, before I read it verbatim, let me give you the person that wrote it, because uh, I heard somebody say recently that you should only take criticism from somebody you would also ask advice from. Let me let me ask if you'd ask advice from this guy. T-Swizzle3. Does that sound like somebody that's a credible source to you? T-Swizzle3. I bet, I bet you... <laughs> Easy. That sounds like a guy who gives self gloss. Yes, T Swizzle three coming at you. Exactly. I guess. I guess this guy probably made his uh, Apple account when Snoop Dogg was big back in the nineties or something. I guess. I guess F Swizzle was was already taken or or G Nizzle. You know what I mean? But but let me talk to T Swizzle three for a moment. And like Grifka said, we we love all the positive reviews. We don't mind. But we also said if you live this review, we didn't say that we wouldn't we wouldn't uh, absolutely cut a promo on you and come after you on the show. So T Swizzle, he writes, and I quote Amateur Hour, Grifka. He called us amateur hour, and that was it, and left us a one star. Are you kidding me, T Swizzle three? I mean, first of all, what have you ever done, T Swizzle three? Probably nothing. 
secondly, uh, one star and you leave two words to me, that's just, uh, you know, I don't know if you're a rival podcast. I don't know if you're some Bears fan, probably a Packer fan, one of the two coming out and leaving us that. I mean, I mean, really, Grifka, to me, we know we're amateur hour first and foremost. I mean, would you admit that? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, we're the we're the fans podcast. We're fans. Yes, we take pride in being two guys that love football that come on here, yak, laugh it up, do whatever we do each week and have a bunch of fun. Secondly, we're not amateur hour because everybody that listens to Detroit Cooley cast knows we got the greatest intro music in the business. I mean, am I right, Griff? Because the three versions of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast intro is straight up straight fire and has been from since day one. I mean, am I wrong? Hell yeah, man! It's just like Dre was asking us where we got that beat. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, we're getting we're getting requests every day for a single to come out with just that on loop. So, so T Swizzle Three. First of all, when I first looked at your name, I, before I cut this promo on you, I had to figure out make sure I didn't say T Sizzle because then I wouldn't be saying anything right now. I'd just be like, "Yes, sir." We're amateur hour. You know, I don't want to mess with T Sizzle down there in Arizona, formerly of Baltimore. I mean, that guy's a beast. But when I said it said swizzle, I was like, oh, man, I got to kill this guy. So, you know, like I said, we got a bunch of four – we pretty much all five stars except for this clown. So I thought I'd call him out on the show. What we'd love all the Kool-Aid drinkers to do is maybe figure out who T-Swizzle 3 is and get at him on Twitter or something and tell him why he's wrong. But mostly jump on Apple iTunes, jump on something, and trump this guy because – like I say, we try to have a ton of fun and bring you guys content, and just to get a, a week review like that, that has no context, no nothing, it's just some random take, I thought it was not only a cheap shot, but it was just like, come on, buddy. So I thought, I thought I'd come after Swizzle Boy, give him a little piece of our mind, and, and admit that, yeah, we, we don't try to be the most professional. We, we, we use the Griff Cabell all day because it's funny. We talk lions just as two fans with a microphone. Absolutely. But... Everybody else who listens to our show seems to love it. So I thought we'd just say thank you for the support and beat up on T-Swizzle 3 a little bit and uh, and uh, continue to tell people, man, if you can go there and just leave a five-star and, and leave a couple comments, I mean, it helps us jump up the iTunes charts and uh, lets us do a lot of other things that we won't uh, mention on the show, but just so helpful. So Grifka, you, you got anything else to say to T-Swizzle 3? Or I mean, I, I'm out of breath on this guy, but I thought we'd, we'd – uh, put him on blast around the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we can take constructive criticism. We're big boys. But just say amateur hour with a star? I mean, that doesn't help us at all. I mean, thanks for your opinion. Thanks for showing up. I mean, you know, that doesn't do anything. I mean, I'm, we're not, I mean, yeah, five stars are great. But if you want to be three stars, no, you need to talk about this a little more or cut back on this. Hey, well, listen, man, we're good with that. But just to say, like, amateur hour fine go listen to mike o'hare tim 20 man i mean if that's what you want go go ahead i mean Kripka, can you can you drop a couple whatever bombs on this fool oh you would have got that at the end don't worry but it's just like but t swizzle out in arizona i mean i'm sure you're going to be at the arizona you know lions game so uh have fun congratulations go sit out there i'm sure I'm, i know it's a dry heat so you must have nothing better to do besides sit in your house or your mom's basement or something so uh Congratulations, I know you're real tough online. Have your mom make you a hot pocket. Whatever. <laughs> oh, let's let's end it with that Griffco whatever. And like you say, uh, you know, 
whatever review you guys want to leave, we appreciate it. It's just, uh, like you say, something like this, we just had to call out on the show and have a little bit of fun with it. But uh, thank you again. We're, we're trying to climb up the, uh, the list on Twitter followers. We'd love you guys to share this with friends. We'd love you to uh, give us a review. And like Griffith said, if there's something on the show you want to hear more, if there's something that, you know, uh, you like, don't like, I mean, just hit us up and we will definitely uh, either tweak it, change it, try to give you what you're looking for. That's what we're here to do. And most importantly, Griffka, we're here to talk Lions football and serve that Detroit Kool-Aid. Yep. So with all that being said, man, I think we'll close up this show. Uh, Griffka, question of the day. You got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. All right. Well, like I say, I'm out of breath on T-Swizzle 3. We talked a lot of Lions. We've uh, I've cut a few promos on Martha Ford and our ownership and, and talked up Quandre. Let's go ahead and close this down. Thank you, everybody. Um, for listening to another Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Be on the look for those bonus shows that will be coming your way. And uh, we're going to be back at you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.